Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did I tell you that we relaunched our TV podcast that is now called the Prestige TV Pod? We did it in time for Succession, which is launching in October. But there's so many good shows this fall. We got Yellowstone and Billions and Insecure. We have The Shrink Next Door. Is Mayor of Kingstown going to be good? We're going to be breaking all of it down. The morning show season finale. We are going to be here. Like, we're going to treat it like we treat the NBA playoffs. If there's a really good prestigious TV show, we're breaking it down in this feed. Check it out. The Prestige TV Pod from the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Lucasfilm and Disney Plus, presenting an all-new Star Wars series, The Accolade. Stream the two-episode premiere this Tuesday and witness an investigation into a shocking crime spree where secrets will emerge and no one is safe from the truth. The Acolyte, two-episode premiere, streaming this Tuesday only on Disney+. Plus. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Cherry. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your sound-only co-host, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, the culture, the video games, the anime, the rap albums, the R&B, the podcast, this week. The pop music. Also the, the pop music. Yeah, you're right, because it's like, what is the week in that? The point? strange, yeah, what is, what is he, yeah, what, what, what exactly, what, 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 what what cranny of of the music world does he does he occupy currently? Which know? MJ song is he ripping off this time? Uh, it's the same two songs. Is always. he trying no, I... to do Tears for Fears and <laughs> you know what not now? Wait, okay, yeah, people are gonna think I'm coming in hot against the weekend. I'm gonna say positive things this week about a weekend album, so that's the teaser. That said, this week surprise. we are talking. Yes, yeah, surprise! I'm surprised as anyone else. Um, we're going to talk about The weekend and Earl Sweatshirt. Basically, look, let's set this up for readers up top. We're going to do this in the back half. Um, just that I have listened, I've spent time with The weekend album and I like it a lot. Micah hasn't listened yet. I'm going to sell him on it. Meanwhile, Micah has spent some time with the Earl Sweatshirt album and I have not. And Micah's going to sell me on it. Before we do that, however, we would like to note Last week, we did an episode about Station Eleven. Uh, Mike and I, in short, did not like the show very much. Uh, however, we had a spirited discussion. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was pretty faithfully engaged with the show. Uh, and then the series finale, the miniseries finale aired uh, after we recorded, right? Uh, and I watched the series finale. We did an exit survey at TheRinger.com. You know, go read it by all means. But specifically, um, you know, we got listener email and we get listener email about a lot of stuff, especially the stuff that we get the most sort of like either heated about or like passionate into talking about or whatever. And I was I was actually like super impressed with the emails that we got about Station Eleven. Um, some of them were very long. 
Most of them were defensive. Some of them made some concessions about what we were talking about. Um, but it's it was like, Mike, I don't know if you are caught up on all of them, but like one thing it sort of clarified for me, right, is like, okay, you and I were haters, right? Like that's sort of the default position a lot of the time. We're haters, right? And we talk about this a lot. We're haters. Fair. That's fair, yes. right? We're haters. Keeps the skin clear. Um, yeah. And yet it's sort of like, if I think through the, the interactions I have with people who listen to this pod via email, right? It's not, this isn't a podcast where it's like we're haters and the people we attract are also necessarily haters, right? And, and something like Station Eleven clarified that for me, right? It's like, it's instead people who get haters listen to this show. Because a lot of people who wrote into us, they wrote in a very sentimental way about Station Eleven, but they did it in a way that I frankly thought was a lot more clarifying because it was sort of meeting us on our wavelength as haters, right? I thought the emails we got were so much more clarifying about this show than like any of the professional criticism that I read about it. Is how I would put it. I mean, yeah, like it's it's really like. <laughs> A willingness to accept, you know, where our pedantry is coming from. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think is like a big, <laughs> goes a long way to like, you know, just gliding you into, you know, what might make this show make sense. However, I still have not watched the finale. You yeah, have. Yeah, I watched the finale. Uh, they stage, spoiler, they stage Hamlet. <laughs> At the airport. Of course. And it's actually pretty of lit. Course. Like the costumes, more fire than they've ever been. Uh, we see the knife that you were taught you were wondering about. Yes, we do indeed get the knife. Uh nice. Can I okay? So, like of the emails we got, I'm gonna pluck out sort of a, a few thoughts that people had about station eleven, right? People were sort of one, I feel like people at least, and I, I felt like I was at least regaining some sanity, right? People conceded that the fucking comic book sucked and was kind of corny. People conceded that. I feel like most people conceded that, like, everything we said about the comic book being annoying was reasonable. So there's that. I'm, I'm taking a small victory in that. I think, two, I guess most people put it in terms of, like, know the logistics of the show don't always make a ton of sense. And that's re that's regardless of the like time jumping of how the episodes are structured, right? I feel like people, I, I think people identified, right? There was one reader who said it. It's like, you know, we kind of said it ourselves, right? That like, there's just a sense of this show is trying to be a different kind of show. And it's not, it's not like it was trying to be a different kind of show in a way that could be negotiated. Right. Like we could sit down at a table and be like, Oh, why don't you, why don't you concede this? And I'll concede that. It's just like station 11, I guess in the end is like trying to be a show that's less about um, how humanity like achieves a state of grace at the end of the world is more about like just illustrating that state of grace and sort of like leaving uh, it like to your effect. Yeah. Affecting the state of grace, like yeah. just by saying some humanity survives because it's always there or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, humanity is in gestures and, you know, the things that we conserve, the the small thing, the small frivolities that we conserve. 
or the big providers that we can serve. But the things that like we don't do solely at necessity is like you know the you know the 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 meta message that the show is like sort of. I mean, like I get it, you know. I'm still tired, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the one catchphrase that is like the I guess the closest to something that the show bears out, right? Is the whole idea of survival is insufficient, right? It's like, yes, that is the whole point. Is the reason why they fucking go all that long ass way to put on Hamlet at an airport, right? Is because like, yeah, if you knock down all the buildings and kill almost all of the people, all you have left kind of is like or like the best you have left of humanity is Shakespeare. And like, you just got to put on Shakespeare and, and keep it pushing. You got you to keep it pee. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Dude. <laughs> you got to push pee. They were pushing pee, Micah. I was just like, I would like to know, you know, if, if, if this is going to stick or not. <laughs> right now. They were now. pushing pee at the end of the it's world. Like, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. That, you know, almost an entire full calendar business week after the album's release, <laughs> Gunna is still explaining the meaning of what Bushy P is. Like, what is P? What is P? What is P saying for? Is it, like, is it pounds? Is it pence? Pennies? Penny? If you, if you watch Station like, Eleven more closely, you will see it's illustrated <laughs> in all things. In Station Eleven, they were pushing P at the end of the world. Right, Station Eleven is as much of an embodiment of what what is P as anything else. They when George Washington P. crossed the Delaware, you could say he that he was pushing P. P. <laughs> Yo, when the Russian forces made their stand at Stalingrad, <laughs> you could say they were pushing P. P. No, why? Why were they pushing P? No, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I, I am exhausted Through by the Manchu invasion of. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like, I like, I, I'm still feeling that. Like, yes, yes. Can we get some F's in the chat? So our, our producer says that's it's that's that that that's, that's, that's station eleven is not P. It's not P. Wait, oh, it is man. P. Yes. No, nah, it no, is Steph P. Come Stephane, on now. According to Stefan, it's not P. I'm sorry. Hamlet That's was pushing breaker. P. Um, I have to, okay. Yeah. I actually, you know, I think that, you know, let me actually rewind and say that I would like to publicly reserve what judgment on whether or not Station Eleven is P. After, until after I have watched the finale, which I mean, like, maybe. This, I think the finale was this, great. I thought it was great. This revelatory performance of Hamlet might, you know, might do it for me. Maybe it'll push it over the edge. Who knows? It's just for that sure. I had to yeah. wait all the way to the end for yeah. that to happen. I just, I, I maintain the main thing I stand strong in. Even again, it's like, I think people in the emails sort of illustrated the idea that like it was less about the, even, and again, it's like it annoyed me because you have the characters in the show constantly being like, giving these stupid speeches about logistics and getting from point A to point B in the journey. And it's like, yeah, I get that, but it felt like all the work that show does to sort of make the whole, like everything is connected. All of these characters are connected. It's like, 
yeah, you do all the work to make all of the character, like the practical plot stuff connected. But to me, it never felt emotionally connected. But I think people just disagree with that. I think people are like, the emotional profile of that show is just kind of a vibe. Like, it's just kind of a vibe. And it wasn't my vibe. But we made a promise, I think, early in Sound Only, right? That like, it's not, I don't know, we're not, as much as we're haters, it's not about like, making anybody feel bad for liking a thing. I felt like I was going crazy because of the terms in which people were selling the show to me. But I definitely get, especially after sitting with the finale, I was like, yeah, I mean, I I get it. I get how somebody who's, who's in their feelings about the pandemic and all that shit and who just likes staring so into Mackenzie Davis's like, eyes is just like, they're just... The only reclamped. human interactions you... The only times that you feel human throughout the day might be, you know, like when you go to get coffee or when you're checking, like, you when know, you're pushing you're talking pee. to service workers. Yeah, when you push pee, you know. So, so, I mean, like, you know, you might see some reflections and some revelations, and I get it, you know? I get it. I get it. I just... It is what it is. Uh, go read Hamlet. I don't know. Um, we're gonna <laughs> Shakespeare is like, at oh, least man. look this one thing at least. You remember like five years ago, felt like Twitter was dedicated to being like Shakespeare is canceled, sis, and that's tea. At least this show sort of like rehabilitated <laughs> Shakespeare. Like give it, give it up for Shakespeare. Oh, give it up for God. Bill Shakespeare. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up for, for Billy. Shakespeare. Give it up for Billy Shakespeare. Give it up for, give Billy, it up for Billy Shakespeare. Billy Shakespeare. Merchant of Venice. Give it up. They're just kind of like, you know, it wasn't even, he stole everything. He stole know? everything. And, and he is racist or something. Pro- I don't even know. It's like, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> Shakespeare is lit. I'm sorry. Of all, the, the fact that we act ignorant on this podcast, I'm not going to let people sit here and slander. Mac- no, I mean, that, but actually though, Shakespeare truly, like Shakespeare actually is lit. He had like, bars, like, bro. He, if you read those plays, he bar, he was boring niggas up. He in them plays. Diggers up. Oh my God. Like, you know, the, the Wishes three, they like, I mean, they was reading that nigga his rights, uh, Macbeth. No, this is like the the, the, the it's like it's it's where I I'm just saying, like, there's there are plenty of I'm agreeing. I'm the, vehemently agreeing. The funniest shit was in the exit survey on the rigger this morning. It's like for station eleven, right? We did a station eleven exit survey with the staff giving their thoughts in response to questions. And it's like, I'm obviously in the exit survey barring up the show. But then Ben Lindbergh is in the exit survey barring up Shakespeare. And I'm sitting here like, I thought all these people are gonna be mad at me. I'm about to strangle Ben Lindbergh if he says one more crossword about theater. <laughs> I was in my feelings this morning reading that. I've known Ben since freshman year of college, too. I was like, I did not know this side of him. <sighs> we'll, we'll leave it here on Station Eleven. We're going to take a break. Yeah, we're going to we'll leave it here on Station Eleven. Shakespeare's lit. Shakespeare's is, lit. Uh, the, the Shakespeare's lit. Um, <clears throat> and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about The weekend and Earl's. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed 
Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small Slurpee drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through one 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores, see app for full terms, all rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah. A toast to breakfast. Okay, so the, the, the back half of this show was originally going to be us selling each other on albums that were, and that had at least been out a week. Uh, because um, Gunna's uh, DS4 um, came out last Friday along with uh, The Weeknd's uh, old album. What is it called? Uh, I, don't, I actually don't even know what the name of the... Dawn FM, yeah. Dawn, Dawn FM. FM. He's got his. He looks. Like he's got old, the. Well, I think his, he looked like the dude in Station Eleven. He looked like the old black dude at the airport. Is the thing I kept watching the finale. I was like, why is the Weekend album cover identical to this dude? Yes, I'm sorry. Dawn yeah, FM. He got, he, he got the Shaw cardigan and the house shoes on. Whatever. Anyway, like the 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 other out, like they have been in sort of like a sales battle. Um. And I was saying that, you know, while I might have cursory things to say about the Gun album, like, I still don't know if Pusha P's going to stick if you're still a full calendar business week later explaining what it means uh, on uh, on Instagram Live. Uh, counterpoint. I think at this point... What? Pushing P is clearly stuck beyond his wildest dreams. We literally just had a Station Eleven segment where we talk half of it is us talking about pushing P. It works. I, I mean, like that's true. I like. I guess you know if we're if we're not saying. I'm just saying the whole way that it happened. Do you still don't know what it is? I don't know what it is either. And it's you know like it's the a song spirit though. You acting. It's like the forest, bro. It's not midichlorians. You, it's just. <laughs> You know what it is. That's the thing. You're trying to literalize it, but you know in your I, like, heart I, like, what pushing I, P and is. You know, you know, you know, you know that I want to literalize it because it doesn't sound cool. Like it, it doesn't I mean, it roll doesn't. off. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? It's not like it doesn't. You don't sound cool saying it, and it's just like hopefully we can blunt force it in by drowning it out with every you know with ironic and unironic references alike. Like, Can I tell you what push like, I, like, I, I, I'll tell you. What does it mean to you, Charity? I'll tell you what it is. Tell me what Charity. Meeting you on your terms, right? It's like push and pee is like, you know how in a movie you'll have like a villain who's just like over the top villain. He has all the henchmen in the world, right? 
It's like some Wilson Fisk shit, Just right? like walking around, telling everybody you have 24 hours and shit. Yeah, but here's the thing. Pushing P is like hot. It's like getting that phrase, right, assigned to like, this is the, we're going to push and P. That's like the new thing we're talking about now. That's the new thing we're saying. It's got, it's got to be how those henchmen feel when, when it's like, dude walks in the room and is like, all right, you guys are going on the mission that's going to end with all of you guys getting shot and killed. And I'm sorry, but like, this is the end of the ride for you. Like, you're one of the henchmen that's, you're one of the stormtroopers that's just going to die in this next scene. That's how you you get that assignment. You like pushing. We got to make this work. I'm just going to die. This is it. You sticking me with this? I can't go out in like the final <laughs> fight of the series. I'm going out in like episode. This is like it's basically like getting getting like you know you're, you're wasting. You are one of the foot soldiers wasted on like a mid season, like you know, like an early yeah. season plot that's going to be foiled in an episode or less like if, like that's 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 right what, it's that's like you're sticking you me with this like it's like okay and every and everyone can see it yeah. coming that it's not gonna work out for you that's how it feels like being assigned pushing pete like really you trying to make me make this work you couldn't workshop this a bit more and then i could have a fighting chance pushing pete we pushing pete damn gonna you, you you really trying to make me make fetch happen exactly man. that's exactly it uh, anyway, please continue. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that's not to say that I don't like a couple of songs on the Gunna album. I like some of the Gunna songs. What the fuck does he know about Lingo? I'm sorry. The thing is that, like, it's, I've, the, the Gunna album is good. Um, some of the songs are good, I mean. Uh, it just hasn't, like, really stuck with me like the, like the earlier drip seasons have. Um, in light of that, though, like the 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 Earl Sweatshirt album, Sick, that just came out uh, last night, smacked me in the face, and I've been listening to that um, all day, all morning. We're recording this on the Friday before because, like, it, on Monday it is Martin Luther King Day, we would normally record, um, and it's good. So we're gonna do that instead. Can you talk uh, to me? I'm gonna talk about Sick, and you're gonna talk to me about Dawn FM. Yeah, I want you. What are we saying? So, like, okay. Here's the thing, Earl Sweatshirt, right? Uh, as solo artist, Earl Sweatshirt, right? I've tried. I feel like over the years, I've tried. I've never been like out on Earl Sweatshirt, but I've never. Um, he's sort of like parallel to what my experience with Tyler was, right? Which is just like I've never really felt like it was for me, or like I've got it. Uh, I remember. I guess the. I guess the thing I spent the most time with was I don't do shit. I don't go outside, right? And like, mm-hmm. it just. I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel full station 11 over it, but I just, I felt like I, I never really plugged into the texture of that. So like, can you give me well, a sense would, of okay. the, what like, is the I, ideal I wanted texture? To ask you, what I wanted to begin, what I wanted to begin with was actually like, was like, what is like a specific gripe? Like if you were here, I don't have a like gripe is Earl, the thing. It's, he's not an artist that I have gripes about. Or not like a, not like a, not like, I guess gripe is the wrong word. That's too strong. But I mean... The thing that's just, just like, you know, you know <clears throat> how we are or how you are when somebody like your girl asks you, like, where do you where do you want to go get something to eat? And you start talking about all the stuff you don't want. Like, you know, that sort of situation where you are you hear Earl Sweatshirt. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm not trying to hear all this <laughs> fill in the blank because that's because that's like, you know, that that's the mode where like that I have to get you into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So like I mean, so what I mean is, 
You know, I'm not trying to hear all this fill in the blank about Earl Sweatshirt for you. Mm. Like, just so that I can refute that point by point. Uh, I'm a moody person. Anybody who listens to this podcast can tell, right? But, like, there's something about Earl Sweatshirt that always struck me as kind of moody is sort of, like, the only texture. You know what I mean? Like, definitely with, like, I don't like shit. Like, I... I that was definitely a high I right. thought. I thought I was lost in like moodiness and nothing else. Okay. So I'm gonna concede that point. Um so like the 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 albums actually like I don't like shit, I don't go outside was actually kind of difficult for me to return to. Okay. Like because I wasn't in like the headspace for it until um uh, you know this until it's been, you know, 2022 and I'm still accidentally <laughs> saying 2020. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That when, yeah. Like, it's the album definitely makes more sense now. The moodier stuff definitely makes more sense now, I would say. But the last um, couple of years, let's call it like a half decade, it's just been very on like wax anyway. The recorded music has been very sedated, like um, very like being propped up by like a community of people that make a certain type of music or a certain type of rap music. It's kind of like a sort of like he, and then it's like a report from that ecosystem every every yeah. now and again. That's what like his albums have sort of functioned as. This one feels like more awake and more fun and more lively. Ah, more okay. Different producers, like there's like he, I mean like there's obviously like Alchemist records on there that are like bro downs with like Arm and Hammer and like over sooty Alchemist beats or whatever. But there's also the stuff that he's been doing with uh, Black Noise. Which reminds you that, like, even though he, you know, does triplet in 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 rhyming, like, you know, and was being compared to Edgar Allan Poe by music writers when he first came out, like, you know, he's still like in his twenties and likes and like is awake and like likes to have fun and like is figuring shit out, you know, and uh. You know, listens to Pushaisi as well as as you know, uh, Ka. You know, I, I guess just there's yeah, there's yeah, there's, yeah. It's, yeah. there's it's it feels more like in conversation with other things that are going on. Okay, it's like a is a is a way that I would put it. So actually, in the so in what you just explained, um, you did two things. You you used a word that I think is a better word than my original word. So I said moody, but actually the the thing I always isolated with Earl Sweatshirt um, was maybe sedate, right? Like I think that was the Insul thing that always struck also, me. As, and then isolated, it's, like, it's like, insular. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's, it's insular like, and it's, it's like, like it's very yeah. like uh, internal exploration as well as like in rhyming and let me see what different patterns I can adopt and you know fit my ideas into like you know somebody that's like a rap nerd as well as somebody that's trying to figure out stuff you know and yes. uses music to do that um 
but I'll concede that it hasn't always been like the easiest listen. Um, like, and this is, um, I hate using like words like pop leaning or, um, you know, accessible. Because it's not like, you know, more, like it's still weird. It's still strange rap music from the internet, baby. Like, yeah. but it's, um, it's like, it's, it's just livelier. Like, I, I think just more awake is like the way that I would put it. You know, um, when you would hear like, so, did you hear like, do you remember when Hive came out? Like this, like that song they had on, uh chum with uh vince staples one of like the yeah. harder hitting records like on his that that like he's had come out there was like this sort of it, it, like the first like the first you had heard of it is him performing it live and it's like you know the bass is really blown out he has to scream over like you know the the sound and whatever the venue is that he's at so there's more energy to it and he's bouncing around in a, in a, in a Yankees Jersey and, you know, like obviously like really, you know, excited to show up. Like, he's just like, I'm sitting on this and you don't even know it type of energy. And then the song comes out and it's like the, it's, it's not like, you know, it's any less or whatever, but it doesn't have the same, rawness to it it's more it's smoother it's like you know it feels more like the video looks like him and Vince sitting in a Acura Legend uh crawling down dimly lit streets in Long Beach you know versus bouncing around on stage at the Highline Ballroom or wherever it was that he was performing the song at for the first time you know what yeah. I'm saying like there's this this feels more like the shows that he's been doing like where Black Noise has been DJing or Alchemist comes out or Z Loopers comes and performs or whatever. It's just like in a it's just in a better place, it feels like. Bet. Yeah. And and like to be fair too, I don't I don't actually think it's for me in my experience with Earl, like I don't think it's any shortcoming of Earl. I think that I actually think there's like a wider there's like a lane, right? The the super duper lonesome rapper lane it's mood music like, yeah it's mood but it's music. even more, like, it's it's, like a... you say mood music it's like yeah but that's like also nikki and, and like joe button in a way it's just, i'm i'm thinking of like i can count on one hand the number of rappers who sort of like in my sort of relation with rap music who really pull off the, the sort of lonesome thing it's like jacka and like devin the dude right and it's sort of or in like ka i think ka is a good example of it um but it's like a lane where it's just like a lane that I don't have that many rappers who I ever really attach to. And I think that's the lane that at least for a long time, Earl kind of existed in and it just never worked for me. But like everything you're describing about like recent trajectory, like, like I buy that. I buy that. I could, I could check that out. I'm receptive to that. Ah, well, Bully for you. Bully for me. <laughs> um, you, you ain't see what this week now I'm hitting for. This weekend? This able? Where's Hana? Uh, where's Hana? Where's our nah, former editor? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, dog. I, you know, you, she, she gonna have to, like, yeah, she's like, get, get Hana on the phone. Get her on the phone. Get, get, 
get George on the get Georgie on the phone. Can I? Okay. Yeah, they, like it's like I I really cannot do like a okay. Now you know what? I'm gonna stop talking. No, it's, it's your turn. No, Sell but it's on, it's on the... here's the thing. I I don't. Uh, <clears throat> how do I? The weekend is somebody who like. I've never really had a great beat on him, right? Because I, I just remember so specifically what the mixtape era weekend was like, right? Or like, you know, trilogy, right? Like, you remember all the shit in the early to mid-2000s of people hyping you on the weekend, right? And whether or not you liked it or not, like, whether or not you liked all of that, like, sad-ass, you know, coked-up, dirty Diana cover shit, right? Like, it was a specific... The weekend to me, sort of his early promise, right, was such a specific vibe. And the kind of people who hyped him most aggressively was such a specific kind of like, and I and I only mean this like as a halfway diss, but it's like a kind of R and B hipster, right? Uh, I'm not saying that people who aren't also fully plugged into conventional, traditional, you know, R and B, right, didn't like the weekend. They did, but, but it's just like he came also, with the extra contingent like, I mean, of hype beats. It's not like yeah, like sort of like this nexus in between um traditional R and B fans and like the advent of like the blog era. Like, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like it was like the uh <clears throat> that's like where it came like the first I remember seeing of we talked about this before. First I've seen right remember seeing of the weekend is like, you know, in Pigeons and Planes, two dope boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 shrouded face of the M sixty five jacket or whatever like yeah um, people that like wanted to stake ownership over a thing early yeah for sure yes absolutely and there was a mystique right like he he certainly cultivated a kind of mystique about him in like that earliest coverage and earliest fandom and I think regardless of what you thought about that phase of the weekend's career it was such a specific thing and it felt like such a specific textured promise about what this guy could do if you unleashed him on the world and then right like we sort of know the story after that it's like he makes i can't feel my face and then he he makes like four albums that all feel like the same two michael jackson songs over and over again and like i I think there's something weird about it feels related right to the sort of generational stuff we were talking about in our conversation about the idea of zoomers and millennials. It's like, it, I guess part of this is like the idea of selling out is no longer a thing. So no one really, it, I guess it, it, it didn't really disorient anybody that the weekend went from being this like highly auteur Coke singer to being like, to do a guy like who makes karaoke foot, songs. With constantly. pyrotechnics. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's just, just like, there's like, the, the, karaoke there's, music. I, I think the like really the like I like I had fully glossed over the like the like the spate of cover stories that came out around the same time that like Starboy was happening. Yeah, yeah. And the the camp to feel my face hair over there just kind of like he sat in like the same sort of, you know, fabled story of him sitting in some music executive's boardroom answering yes to a question of would you like to be the biggest pop star in the world instead of this sad, <laughs> druggy whatever thing person. Yeah. And then like, you know, here we are six months later with two number one, you know, like that's sort of shit but 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think it really sunk in for me until, like, I think it was him at the VMAs that year in, like, a Matrix-length, like, like patent leather trench coat but still with the with the, the the crazy the crazy paddle locks that he had um you know leading up to like whatever he's, you know like him like having yeah. like i mean i don't know taking care of his hair there was there was um <laughs> i mean like no i'm not i'm not that's not a knock cuz i did the same thing i'm just saying yeah like there's like when he still had the paddle locks and was like had the matrix leather whatever and had backup dancers and there was pyrotechnics in the background and he was doing like the heel toe to like over a recording of his own chorus to can't to to can't feel my face or what or like uh, not can't feel my face um whatever the first one was whatever the first like record was was that it I can't was I don't remember it or are you it thinking like, of it, no, I mean like the first upbeat like pop song. Oh, like, you know, oh, oh, oh. Okay. Very Max Martin sounding. Whatever. Anyway, right, like right, it, right. like I just remember seeing that and being like, "This is out of order." <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> there's just it. It doesn't like you are supposed to be doing pining weird, creepy Michael Jackson covers in to your laptop speakers in your Toronto loft. Not like, you know, on stage. Now you're just doing like streamlined Michael Jackson covers on stage. Right. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it, it like it was just a very like, yeah, this is. Oh, so this is what's happening. Right. Now. Right. And it's sort of it's. I think if on the like song for song, right, hit for hit, the weekend's great the weekend's fine it's i think that it's weird knowing though that those early tapes from him had such a mystique and they had a sense of like wow these are meaningful projects and and now he sort of exists from song to song like i don't know it's just so much of that stuff i know i called it karaoke music like a, a few minutes ago and like look i i'm a music you know what i mean it's like i i have like a music critic vocabulary we could talk about the albums i guess more like in in detail but to me i've always felt like it kind of his albums before the one that just came out feel like 52 card pickup to me right it's just sort of like ah eh, you could just throw them all in the air and then pick them off the ground and in any order really and like who gives a shit and then this out the don fm right like as much as at this point i'm tired of the weekend and i'm tired of him being the jared leto of r&b pop crossover with his fucking album rollouts <laughs> and the fucking Nutty Professor album cover art that he has on this shit. This album is fire, bro. Like, this this album, Don FM, like, I, I think he finally, actually, actually, I'm not overselling this, nailed that kind of... Like, yes, he's doing that kind of unbeatable pop song craft that he always does, but I think he also kind of nails the, like, dark disco shit. I think he actually makes it feel textured again. I actually feel like for the first time in a long time, I remember why people in 2013 were obsessed with hyping The Weeknd to me. That's how I feel listening to this album. Of like, he finally pulled we it say, together into a whole package. You mean like 
when you say like dark disco shit, because I mean, like I like I want to be careful that we are making an important, like a worthwhile distinction between this album and the last album he put out. Mm-hmm. Does I mean dark disco could just mean? Yeah, to I know the weekend and to his fans. It's just a disco record, disco record where we're like you know openly talking about cocaine use on it. Right. This is like, right. I, like I mean, as opposed to I am on a like I am at the end of a cocaine bender and the last person on the dance floor, and if I stop dancing or my heartbeat goes beneath this uh, BPM, I'll die right here. Type of stuff, like you know, which is. What would be more interesting for this era of the weekend? Is that what's happening? You know what it is? You know what it is? I really don't want to be all Station Eleven. I remember damage about it. But like this album sounds like rain. You know what I mean? It's just like it hits like rain. That it's like that's all. And you know what? On some level, that's like all I ever wanted. I wanted these albums to stop sounding like a guy selling me the same two covers of human wanna, yeah, nature just, and dirty diana wanna, over and over again and sell me actual I don't want rain. a story. Yeah. I like I, Yeah, like even the writing of the song is weak. It's not it's not that kind of personality driven like the weekend always needs to sell you on the idea of like this is the narrative of me being a dirtbag and don't you care about me as a celebrity. I actually think a lot of that shit in the songwriting is weaker on this album. And, the, and then that's for the better, right? I think it's just like, he feels more abstracted away on this album in a way that I need because I don't give a shit about Abel. I don't, I don't care about him as a person. I really kind of just want to lose myself in the rain in these songs. You know what I mean? And that's the thing about Don FM that I think pulled me in in a way that I just don't think the other Weekend albums do. The other weekend albums just sound goofy to me. I'm sorry. That's like the summary of how I'd put my feelings about Beauty, Starboy, all the other shit. They just feel goofy. They feel like goofy celebrity objects to me in a way that Don FM does not. Okay. Interesting. Stefan, producer, you got some shit to say? Do you have any opinions about any of this? Are you pushing P? I am not pushing P. Um, (laughs) I, 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 the weekend's album, I, I called it Z100 music. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Z100. Damn. But I do, I really do like Damn. some of the songs. Like that song with him and uh, Tyler is actually really, really good. I actually really like that song a lot. Um, on this album, I got to go back to it. Silk Brett. <laughs> what you say about Gunna? What you say about Gunna? I got I got to go back to listen to that. And I've never been a fan of Earl's, but I, I'll give him a shot. I'll give him a shot. I'll give him a shot. Thank you. That's all we just we needed a sanity check there. Um, I don't. I mean, listeners, email us with the sanity check about Gunna, about the weekend, about Earl, about Station Eleven, about Damage, about P, about whatever else you know. Soundonlypod yeah, at gmail dot com. Soundonlypod at gmail dot com, baby. You know, Mikey, you got anything else? Nah, I don't have anything else, man. All right. Um, well, you know, stay Hope black. Had a good MLK day. You know? Stay black. <laughs> exactly. <Yes>. Oh, that's. <laughs> you say, hey, we cruising <laughs> to the Black History Month. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. We gonna make it to the promised land. I'm Justin Charity. 
And I'm Mike Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.